Hello and welcome to another episode of Bringing the Podcasts. Eric Rubottom is here with us. Eric, how you doing? I am here and I am ready for another year of Russian roulette with the NCAA tournament. <laughs> and we're happy to welcome Adam Grossbard of the Orange County Register. Adam, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. So, Adam, in my, in my research, I happened to look, I think it was on your Twitter profile or something, but I saw you have some Big 12 ties. Is that right? Yeah, I, I worked in the at the Dallas Morning News for the last three years before I moved back west. So I was some Big 12 basketball, mostly just NCAA tournament last year with uh, Texas Tech was in Dallas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, but we had you, got you on here, of course, to talk about uh, UC Irvine. K-State's first-round opponent. Um, this one going to be a little more nervous probably for K-State fans with, with Dean Wade looking like he's not going to play at this point. Uh, we, we may talk more about that later, but let's start just I mean, look at UC Irvine. that They've been kind of a trendy upset pick for a lot of people. They seem to be feeling pretty confident. I, mean, I was reading like, some quotes from them where it, it seems pretty clear they're not just going to be happy to be there. You know, I mean, what what do they think of their chances and, and all the upset talk? I mean, they're a confident group. They take their lead from their coach, Russell Turner, who is a very, you know, he doesn't forget losses and he holds on to the losses. So they were, you know, they were calling for a rematch with Louisville, who they lost to in their first NCAA tournament appearance four years ago. Mm-hmm. But when they got Kansas State, they were equally excited. Like, okay, we get to play a team that we didn't play very well against last year. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely, you know, chomping at the bit for this matchup. They were very excited to be in San Jose, which is a really easy commute for them. Yeah, I think they felt a little slighted being a 13 seed with 30 wins, but that definitely being in San Jose makes up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're just excited about this matchup. They know it's a good team. They kind of see similarities between their playing style with Kansas State, so they're definitely expecting. You know, they know they're going to have to earn every basket. Yeah, so they're not overly confident, but they are definitely excited about this matchup. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people look at the Big West and, and there's a lot of very bad teams in that conference, but I mean, just how dominant was UC Irvine, you know, they, they've won, I think, nine of the last 10 by double digits. Um, they were down by six at halftime in the semifinal, but, you know, I mean, have they ever really looked like they might lose a game recently or... Not recently. There was that semifinal game, which was against the one team, Long Beach State, that beat them in Big West play this year. But Long Beach State's a rivalry game, black and blue rivalry, so anything can happen in that kind of game. And that was the one team that really just matched up. For whatever reason, UC Irvine just couldn't play a good 40 minutes against that team. But... That being said, otherwise, they were very dominant these last, I mean, really the last six, seven weeks of the season. They haven't lost going back to January, uh, mid-January at that. Yeah. And they just seem to be really clicking right now. Yeah. And you mentioned the, the loss in Manhattan, and that was one a game that K-State controlled pretty well, won by 23. But roster-wise, both teams are pretty similar. You see Vanette at a grad transfer from, from Robert Cartwright, but... You know, how different uh, is this team from what K-State might have seen a year ago? I don't think that Irvine's going to shoot below 30% again like they did last year. That just mm-hmm. They have much better guard play this year. They did add Cartwright, but really what it comes down to is as a whole, they play, they're just a better, 
more mature team. Uh, Max Hazard came off the bench last year in that Kansas State game, and he's a starting guard right now who's capable of dropping 20, 25 points a game. Mm-hmm. Robert Cartwright adds some stability. They expect to get Iyasu Worku, nothing 100%, but they do expect starting point guard Iyasu Worku to be healthy again. Mm-hmm. And he adds some good playmaking, which they definitely struggled with uh, against Long Beach State in that game they struggled in in the Big West semis. So just generally, it's not a different roster makeup than it was a year ago, but just a more experienced and grounded team. Yeah. And, and they're not going to be playing in Manhattan this time. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that, that might help. And I guess, you know, one of the things, and, and Eric, I assume you'll agree, you know, you'd think one of K-State's biggest advantages will be that the pressure defense they play. I, I doubt UC Irvine has seen a defense anywhere close to the level that it will see from Kansas State, you know, can, can you predict, I mean, it's hard, I guess it's hard to say, but how will this team, and especially the guards, handle that kind of pressure? I think that'll definitely be an issue for them, uh, and that's definitely their biggest talking point, and what they remember the most from that game last year was just how good the Kansas State defense was. That's why getting Warku back would be a big deal for them. Right, has filled in really well at starting guard, but... Worku just kind of knows his teammates a little better. He's not that transplant who hasn't been with the team for his entire career. As well as Cartwright's play, he just doesn't know his teammates quite as well as Worku does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that will be big. And then another thing that they have that they didn't really have a year ago is they have inside scoring from Colin Welp. He mm-hmm. was a red shirt on last year's team, and as a red shirt, Freshman, he has the highest usage rating on the team and is averaging just under 10 points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no player on the team that scores more than 12 a game, but they're just very balanced. And you know, you're not going to be able to take away one guy and just say the rest of you guys beat us. Like that's just not the team Irvine is. But they know that they're playing an equally competent defense this week. Yeah. Well, you mentioned balance, and I'm looking. I'm looking through the roster here. There's eight players that average over six points a game, and there's uh, what is it, nine players that average over seven or average 17 minutes a game or more. I'm just curious: is it uh, is the rotation really that deep, or is it kind of a platoon effect where you're throwing new bodies out there constantly? I think that's really the big thing, especially for their post players. They have four guys in Tommy Rutherford. Elston Jones, Jonathan Galloway, and Colin Welp, who they can really just do, you know, filter those guys in where none of those guys really need to play 20 minutes a game. They play around that and they just, you know, wear you out because they always have a fresh body down low. Guard play is less to that extent. You know, they, Hazard, Leonard, and Morku do a lot of the heavy lifting, Cartwright coming off the bench, but it's really where they get their big advantage is down in the post where you constantly have a big body or two big bodies down there who just came off, you know, five, ten minutes on the bench. And it sounds like, and I think you even wrote a story about this, those guys are are pretty dominant um, in Big West play where, where there aren't a lot of post players. And, you know, no one's going to say that, that Kansas State has, like, elite post players, but, you know... Um, how do you think those guys match up athleticism-wise against uh, a big, big 12-type players? Oh, um, I wouldn't say that there's an elite athlete on the Irvine roster. 
Probably the best one is starting forward Jonathan Galloway, who's a back-to-back-to-back Big West Defensive Player of the Year winner. Right. He is probably the best athlete on the roster. That will definitely be something that they have to account for, especially when it comes to limiting turnovers, which I think they came close to 20 turnovers last year against Kansas State. And then in the rebounding department, they're really going to have to work um, to try to beat Kansas State on the boards because Kansas State definitely has one through five much better athletes in Irvine. Mm-hmm. And, and Galloway is the guy I think that it worries me a little bit. And, you know, he's I'm sure he's a big reason that the UC Irvine ranks so highly in their two-point defensive percentage, which I think is a big mm-hmm. concern for K-State fans. Um, you know, do you think that that they're going to rely on him inside and kind of dare K-State shoot over them a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Between him and Elston Jones, they have a guy down low who can just block shots uh, if you try to attack the rim. One of those guys will be on the court at all times, but Galloway is the real. He's just His defensive technique is more or less, for a college player, flawless. You know, he's just been a dominant force down there for a long time for Irvine. And he has a little tournament experience just in that he was on he was a red shirt on the team that went to the tournament in twenty fifteen. So he's not gonna he kinda knows what to expect this week too. Mm-hmm. Do you think K State might be able to get him into foul trouble? Is that ever an issue for him? Ah, uh, it's not a big issue. And even if you do, you've got bigs behind him who can come out there. You know, he's a smart defender. He's not going to commit stupid fouls. It's just a disciplined team. Yeah, and I think, I mean, Galloway maybe averaging, I think it was 25 minutes a game. If, you know, assuming he stays out of foul trouble in a game like this and you get the longer media breaks, do you think there's a chance he'd be left in to play a lot more and kind of shorten those rotations? Oh, that's a good question because in postseason play, you always want to tighten your rotation. I think part of it depends on if John Edgar's back to provide a little bit more depth at the post. Um, If he's back, then maybe you see Galloway uh, with even less minutes than he played in the Big West tournament. But I I had to guess, I think Russell Turner, if it's a close game, he's going to keep Galloway out there as long as he can. And then I guess another question, um, defensively, one of K-State's weaknesses has been sometimes giving up the, the three, and UC Irvine shoots at a decent clip. I think it's about 36%. You know, who are the shooters that K-State needs to be aware of on that end? Ooh, uh, I mean, it's Max Hazard and Evan Leonard. Hazard really exploded, especially, I think, he hit threes in back-to-back-to-back possessions when it was a tie game early in the Big West Championship game, and he just blew it open. Mm-hmm his shooting. Uh, when he catches fire, he's really hot, and that's why he was the Big West Tournament MVP. Uh, Leonard is pretty reliable out there, too, and Tworku and Welp are on. They're really on, but beyond that, there's not like a big threat. Uh, Cartwright doesn't shoot particularly well. Outside of Welp, I guess Rutherford can shoot a little bit, but there's not a real stretch for beyond Welp. Um, so it, it just... You know, when they're hot, they're hot, but they're not, you know, it's not every game you can expect them to be shooting around 40% from three. Mm-hmm. And Eric, I don't know, are there any aspects of the game or any matchups in particular that you're going to be watching? 
I'm going to be interested to see uh, to see how who we actually start with Dean Wade most likely out, um, and who's really going to be kind of playing that four spot if we decide to go small and, and Xavier's going to be running the four, or if we actually decide to go a little bit bigger to match up with the front court of uh, UC Irvine and uh, and run a Trice or someone like that again um, in the four spot because X is certainly uh, he, he's shown capability to guard most positions on the floor. It's like UC Irvine's going to be throwing a couple of 6'9", 6'10 guys out there uh, in the post and, you know, going up against a a 6'5", Xavier Sneed. Uh, I'm a little, I'm interested to see how how Bruce decides to to do that and and how it ends up. Mm -hmm. If he watches that Long Beach State game from last week, it was going small by Long Beach State that gave Irvine issues because they don't have the most mobile front court. So Xavier could definitely provide some matchup issues for the Anteaters too. Yeah, yeah it's certainly it's certainly kind of a, you know, a yin and yang type situation where I think that, like like you say, that really would benefit us on the offensive end. Um, I think that would certainly create some mismatches offensively. But you go back down on the other end, you know, you got a couple of teams that kind of like to slow the ball down, it looks like, and that sort of thing. <laughs> and I, I could see that actually causing some problems defensively for us. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to put it past X. He's a, he, he's a hell of an athlete. And, you know, like I said, he can just defend most positions on the floor. I'm just curious to just really interested to see what Bruce decides to do. Yeah. Personally, I would really love to see X out there in CK State try to push it a little more. I have my doubts that that actually happen because this is, I mean, this is Bruce's slowest team ever. And that's saying something. So, yeah. But. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it is Bruce's slowest team ever, but you know what we've, what we've seen this year is not, well, I I was going to say something, and then realistically, no, we've seen them take the air out of the ball a lot um, when they don't need to. But it feels like it's been, for the most part, a lot more just kind of methodical and controlled. Like they'll try to push the ball if they in a in a, in a fast break situation, but they're not looking. But if they don't have that fast break, they're looking. They're not looking to score in the first six seconds of the shot clock. They're going to run that thing down and and try to take possessions out of the game. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it seems like against Irvine, especially, I mean, that could be advantageous. I assume that, that Irvine's going to be very happy to play a slow game and, and limit the possessions and shorten the game, you know, give them probably a better chance at the upset. Uh, they can run. If their defense is working the way they like to work, they will push the ball and okay. transition after a defensive rebound. Full court presses really bothered them. Huh. It really bothered them against uh, Long Beach State, though they did adjust. Turner's a good coach, and he's able to make good in-game adjustments. You know, especially like this season in the Big West. You know, they were always adjusting to what, how teams were adjusting to them mid-game because they didn't know what they were going to get from a team. But generally, yeah, they against a team that's as athletic as Kansas State, they're not going to want to try to win a race with the Wildcats. Yeah, well, I would be shocked if we saw a full-court press from Bruce. I mean, Eric, have we seen that other than in desperation situations this year? Um, Maybe just a play or two every once in a yeah. while. I think, uh, you know, you see uh, – You'll see the backcourt from K-State just provide some token pressure quite a bit, but not really anything that's really intended to, like I still, uh, like you said, stretch the defense out, like guard the whole floor, if you will, outside of just man-to-man. The one thing that does have me a little bit nervous about playing in kind of that you know, uh, a, a slower game and UCI Irvine being okay playing in a slower game is if you think throughout the season, the two games that we're really looking back on and saying, what the, why did we lose those? <laughs> 
were, were road games against teams that don't have a problem ugling it up and playing slow. Right. Yeah. Uh, between Tulsa and Texas A&M. So need to watch out and make sure that uh, you would think that uh, an NCAA tournament game, uh, you'll get a little bit better focus, but uh, you know, that still exists a possibility that if we get into a, get into a game where the, the team we're playing against is, is perfectly fine playing at that pace, it could spell disaster. Yeah. And, you know, since we're talking about defenses, I guess we should probably ask, uh, you know, especially with Dean Wade out, K-State has occasionally looked lost against the zone. Did you see Irvine ever go zone? Is that a possibility, Adam? Um, it's a possibility. You know, they will definitely look very closely at film of Kansas State from these last few weeks. Mm-hmm. They are pretty good they tend to play a box defense where they're trying to get you to just kind of shoot mid range. Like they, they're so good at two point defense, mm-hmm. but they really limit the amount that opposing teams shoot from the mm-hmm. perimeter. They are really good at closing out on shooters and really good at driving you off the perimeter and down into mm-hmm. those lower percentage mid range shots. Um, so I would expect to see a variety of looks from Irvine on Friday. Okay. Well, that's something that, that might play into Barry Brown's hands because he's one of those rare guys that loves to, to drive in and take the mid-range shot. So. Yeah, between wondering. Barry Brown and, and Xavier, man, we got a couple yeah. of guys that can – they love that 18- to 20-footer. Um, <laughs> you know, let's just uh, – let's hope Barry gets kind of off of his schneid a little bit because yeah, he, he hasn't been – connecting like we we would like to see him uh on those particular shots lately but uh you know i like i said i think the the level of focus there and the for with it being an ncaa game i'd, I'd like to think that they're going to come out and hit a few hit, hit a few of those shots and if you see irvine's defense is, is set up to give us something that we're frankly looking for to begin with might work out all right yeah and actually so you talk about very slump a little bit kind of makes me think you know, we've read all these stories about how hard he works, how many shots he puts up. He has been struggling a little bit. If you're Bruce or, or the coaching staff, and, you know, they see a lot more than we do, so they, they would know better. But do you think about going up to Barry and saying, hey, maybe dial it back a little bit right now, get some rest? Absolutely not. Let him fire. Okay. Yeah, you know, I like, if you've got a guy that's been, that, that's like Barry Brown, that has been as, as key to the success of this team as he has been over the last four years, and he's turned that into his bread and butter, man, you ride the horse that got you there. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So I guess, Adam, you see Irvine, we, we didn't talk a lot. I don't think we talked a lot about Tommy Rutherford. I, I know it seems like he, he's maybe been not as productive this year as he was a year ago, but he was a, a first-team preseason all-conference. Um, you know, what kind of a threat is he for the Eaters? Oh, I mean, he's definitely a versatile scorer for them. Um, He definitely comes through with some really big minutes. He's really good with his back to the basket and being able to make plays either for himself or teammates in those situations. The reason you don't see as much of him this year as you did last year is just the way Colin Welp has played. He's been really solid for them, and, you know, they're – very similar players in terms of their skill set. So Colin has taken a few minutes from Tommy, but he's still definitely a pretty solid stretch forward. Not the most, he doesn't take a ton of shots from deep, but he can definitely get the job done. Okay. 
Yeah, so we've been talking on the blog. I mean, I think, I think between Max Hazard and Colin Welp, uh, you know, UC Irvine as, as one of the best name teams in the tournament. Really, yeah, <laughs> yeah and they got a lot of pedigree too. Welp's dad was a Pac-10 Player of the Year back in the eighties, nineties. Maybe okay. it was Pac-8 back then. I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, and um, you've got Spencer Rivers, who's the son of Doc Rivers, hmm. and he's now the fourth member of his family to go to the NCAA tournament. Wow. And I think Hazard has some uh, NCAA credentials, too, in his family. So it's a, it's an interesting pedigree that they've got on that team. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, okay, so I've got, there's another debate that we've been having on the K-State blogs that I, I've seen between fans. You can help us settle this. You know, there, there's one group that's saying, oh, it's totally unfair. K-State the Irvine, they're going to have a ton of fans there. Blah, blah, blah. And then there's another group that says, oh, no, this is a commuter school. Nobody goes to their games. They won't have 100 people. So uh, you know, what's the UC Irvine crowd going to look like? Friday. Um, I think it'll be pretty good. I mean, it's an easy trip. Yeah. There were some Irvine people that I was talking to who were already planning on going to San Jose before they knew that UC Irvine was going to be there. Mm-hmm. They were just going to watch the tournament. And so now Irvine's going to be there. I agree generally Kansas State got a rough draw as a four seed and for you know winning a share of the Big 12 title, they probably mm-hmm. could have gotten a little easier road. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not sure what Irvine will be like because they didn't pack the Honda Center, which is where the Big West Championship was, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, a few miles from their (laughs) campus. Right. You know, it it is a growing basketball program. Before Russell Turner took over, they had never been to the NCAA tournament, and now they're going for the second time in five seasons. Mm -hmm. So they're still growing. I am very curious to see what their support is like. I wouldn't expect them to pack the gym. (laughs) <laughs> but I would expect it to be pretty good for a mid-major. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, either way, kind of, you got to figure most Wisconsin and Oregon fans are going to be pulling for the upset. So that's not going to work in State's favor. So yeah. And and Eric, I mean, just to be clear, any yes, yeah. Eric, we we both want nothing to do with Wisconsin, right? Uh, <laughs> I I don't care for wrestling. <laughs> uh, yeah. Another interesting uh, debate that I saw come up, and I think it was mentioned in an LA Times article about UC Irvine. Adam was, is this the best team in California this season? Oh, probably. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I mean, USC and UCLA were just disasters this mm-hmm. year. Cal's always um, terrible. Stanford's not very Cal good. Cal struggled. Stanford hasn't been very good. And then San Diego State's you know, the only way down. other team that had a chance of making the tournament was St. Mary's, and Irvine beat yeah, St. Mary's. That's true. Well, and they did make, St. Mary's um, did make the tourney. So. Okay, for sure. Then, yeah, they, they beat St. Mary's this year. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I mean, maybe San Diego State. 
Yeah, could have had an argument, but yeah. I think they no, had I, I would take them fine. I mean, they're a thirty-win team. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for that. I know they played in the Big West and they played a bunch of schools like UC Davis and uh, Cal Poly, who just you know they're just you know three hundred or whatever in RPI. Uh-huh. But Irvine played what they thought was going to be a pretty good schedule. You know, they played Texas A&M and beat Texas A&M in College Station. Oh, that must have been nice. Um, that was a Quadrant 1 win at the time, obviously dropped with how the Aggies finished the year. Well, K-State did their um, part they to, help to that, help keep that a Quadrant 1 win. <laughs> yeah, well, it didn't do much. Uh, it didn't really help uh, them keep their jobs over there. Mm-hmm. But, no, I think, I, I think they're the best team in California. I, yeah. I really... I would take them in a one-on-one matchup with any of these yeah. the other teams in California this year. Then, it's hard to argue it. Yeah. It really is. I mean, the the no one puts up a good fight. No, no, the teams that are tradi- you can traditionally look at to be at least mediocre, if not better, <laughs> in USC, UCLA, you know, Stanford. Every now and then, I mean, the the whole like every single one of them was just atrocious this year. Yeah. I mean, I think St. Mary's would have the best argument. That. For I was sure. talking to some reporters in the Pac-12 who were just like, it was rough just sitting there in <laughs> Vegas this last weekend having to cover that entire tournament. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, St. Mary's would have to have the best argument, so it's definitely like top two are mid-major teams. So yeah. Another thing that I, that I saw that was kind of interesting, and I can't remember who it was, but somebody put out, hey, you know, Russell Turner is one coach of the year in the conference, two out of three years. He was an assistant with the Warriors for a while. Like, could he be a hot name, like, on the mid-major market, like, for, for, for a team, you know, did he have a chance at promotion? Or maybe even go back to the NBA and get a job somewhere, like, probably not as a head coach, obviously, but, like, as an assistant. I mean, or do you think he's happy where he is right now? I think he's really happy. He is the happiest I've seen him all season this week. Mm-hmm. Like, they <laughs> He will never admit it because he's such a competitive guy. But, you know, as a UC Irvine coach, if you make the NCAA tournament, at this point, you're playing with house money. Yeah. And he's playing with house money with a 30-win team. So he's having a lot of fun this week. (laughs) I don't think he's going to be a candidate at UCLA because he's a very good coach, but he's not a sexy name, which UCLA wants to win the press conference more than they want to win actual (laughs) games. Um. Well said. I don't know. Maybe, maybe like a Washington State. Yeah. But that would—that's a tough place to recruit. I'd rather recruit in Irvine. Yeah. Because then you're at least in Southern California. Um, I—I I don't know what he'll. I don't know what school would see the right fit. Yeah. I think he's an excellent coach, and he deserves that chance if that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to see if they're in something that really fits for him. Yeah. And he's still pretty young, right? Like... Huh. That's a good question. I'm, I'm not totally sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I saw he graduated like late '90s or even early 2000s. So, but or well, maybe it was early '90s. I don't know. Either way, yeah, it seems like he's not that old. But okay, the last I guess the last thing I wanted to ask you is uh, UCI is the Anteaters, one of the many goofy nicknames in, in California. So. <laughs> what is um what does the mascot look like? Like do they have a live anteater? Is it a dude in an anteater suit? Or how does that work? It's a dude in an anteater suit. Fortunately <laughs> they don't have a live one. But it's just a dude in an anteater suit with a jersey. All right. Um, yeah, I think 
I think I read this week that what happened was they had a poll in the 1960s to vote for uh, <laughs> vote for our mascot, and I guess it's not a good idea to ask your students at the height of the counterculture to vote on a mascot. <laughs> this isn't the only college to do that. If I remember correctly, uh, Scottsdale Community College in Scottsdale, Arizona did the same thing, and they ended up becoming the fighting artichokes. <laughs> Wow, that's actually up there with the banana slugs. That is up there with the banana slugs. I was just going to mention uh, Santa Cruz as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is. That's, yeah, I always thought that, that was the terrific. weirdest one, but actually being named after yeah. actual produce actually <laughs> wins. And don't, don't you have, isn't that the Gauchos? Isn't that one of the teams out there too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shoot. Like Santa Barbara, maybe? Santa Barbara, yeah. yeah. So, a bunch of weird names out there. So, like California. I don't know, man. <laughs> It happens. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I mean, I think that's about it, Eric. You got anything else? No, I'm just looking forward to uh, looking forward to Friday already. Yeah, for sure. So, Adam, do you get to go up to the game on Friday? No. Oh, no. We'll have okay. uh, one of our columnists up there instead. I'm okay. going to be happily at home. Just <laughs> got four or five screens going. That's. I'll be good. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I know, I think you, you've written some stuff on the Orange County Register website people can check out. I think you, you've got a Twitter, right? You know, having people follow you and, and read any of your UC Irvine content. Yeah, that'd be great. Just my name, Adam Grossbard, G-R-O-S-B-A-R-D. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, Looking forward cool. to, to a good game. So thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, enjoy the tournament. So, yeah. Yeah.